Ready? Welcome to Movie Grouch on Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex and I am a big old movie grouch. And here with me is the resident fanboy. It's Blake. Hello. You alright? Yeah, I'm okay. It's boiling. It's lovely. It's nice, isn't it's, it? <laughs> it's, it's a bit bit warm. Yeah, it's lovely. This uh, The weather's really did a done a turn. Really did a done a turn. It really did a done a turn, isn't it, Blake? It has. Do you know what I mean? It They're has. lovelies. So where we're sat, we've got the window open, so you might hear some seagulls, in which case we apologise, but uh, it's Plymouth, there isn't really an awful lot we can do about them. Oh, there they are. Beautiful. Uh, so if you haven't listened to us before, you're very welcome. Uh, we are the, f- the, we're not the fanboy, we are the podcast, you are the fanboy, as I in am. you, not you. I like the movies. The listener. You do not like the movies. Yes, that's basically, that's basically the entire premise of the podcast, is yes. that... We watch a film that I have avoided watching for very stupid reasons, uh, and we have a watch of the movie, we have a chat about it, and we find out whether my preconceived ideas are valid, or whether they're just a big old bag of shite. Yeah. Uh, and before, I think I'm going to come under fire this week. I think there's uh, some heavy criticism coming Why? in the movie Grouch's way. Like, the okay. little conversations that we've had this week, I think I'm, I'm going to get it in the net, but I'm prepared. Okay. Uh, But before we dive into the movie, uh, we have a little chat about what we've been watching. Uh, Because sometimes we watch things separately, we don't always watch them together, despite living in the same house. So, what you got? Wow. I'm I'm actually really struggling to watch anything and really get into the mood of it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I've not really, like, I think it's just, I think what it is, it's lockdown and all I've consumed is TV. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I'm just taking a bit of time out and really... Deciding on what to like, sort of not really watching for anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, obviously, I still watch NBA, but that's pretty much the only thing that's like regular. Yeah. So I'm watching like a game in the evening, like when you go to bed and after the dogs gone to bed, because I do the late shift for the pup. So and that's it really. Best game you've seen this week? Well, I don't know because this is the thing. Ooh. Like it's difficult because there's a lot of games that I don't see because I don't have time to watch them all. So I reckon it was one oh, that right, I didn't okay. see. <laughs> I always because I like recently what I've done is Celtics have been horrible, so I've not I've not watched them for a week. Mm-hmm. They they're not good, which is really worrying. <laughs> so I just follow. Like, like not going to get in the playoffs. No, they they've made the playoffs, but like basically they've got two amazing. This is turning into basketball. They've got two amazing players in Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown. They're super young, like they're both in their early twenties, and that's all we've got. They they got rid of a good player in the trade. It's just, yeah, it's just a bit concerned about what, what they're doing. But Aww. this isn't a basketball podcast, so... No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I was also trying to think of Jalen Brown's name. For all it just I could come completely up with. escaped me from Do you know all I could come up with? Dedrick Tatum? <laughs> <laughs> it's not him. It's definitely not Dedrick Tatum. Totally awesome. wrong. That's amazing. Totally wrong. I'm still watching Bridgerton. And again, I'm... So not finished yet? No. It seems to have been on all the time when you've been no, like it hasn't. solo TV in. I haven't really had an awful lot of so. I don't really have an awful lot of solo TV time under lockdown regime. Yeah, I suppose. Whereas like sometimes I might go to bed. If I go to bed early, yeah. I might watch something on my phone or the iPad. Yeah. But I haven't done that with this because 
I've really enjoyed it and I think it's been a great TV show and a really great series and I didn't want it to end. Right, okay. I don't want it to so end. So I'm trying out. to just make a conscious effort. I guess a little bit like you, just because it's so easy to sit down and binge watch, binge listen. And I think when we do that, we don't really take it yeah. in. Yeah, You're yeah, so yeah. kind of keen to find out the ending or find out what happens that you don't take it in. And I don't really want to do that with this. Mm. So uh, I've watched a little bit of Bridgerton. We've been watching Parks and Rec together. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have. Yeah. Which has been a straight... Like, it's the second time we've seen it, I think. Yeah, we're not... Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, for after the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't know if this pips The Office as my favourite comedy now. But having watched The Office three or four times now and, put, and going back to Parks and Rec, it was a real struggle to get into after The Office. It was, but that's because... I think, because like I was saying yesterday, but they, Series 1, don't think it's very good. It takes a while to find its feet, doesn't yeah, it? And I don't, kind yeah, of... and I don't think... It, yeah, so I think that's why. But like, And it's a very different show. Yeah. It's a lot more family friendly. Yeah. Still hilarious, but different. Yeah, funny, different. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, so I guess that's it then. Yeah, isn't it? pretty much. Yeah. Do you want to try some of my licorice? You may or may not remember if you've listened. This is going to be a lot of scrunching now. But a little while ago, I think it was back at Christmas, we were talking about Nigella. Yeah, and her crazy and we licorice about her box. Crazy licorice store. Mm. Yeah, sorry. So it says it's not as exotic as Nigella's box of worldwide licorice, but we hope it's a good start. So have a funny. fat birthday. Amazing. And it's quite interesting. I've had a salty one. Let's have a salty one. Try it. What do you want? That looks like licorice sauce. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a chocolate one in there. Is that I don't salt think that's, on that? I don't think that's vegan. I don't know. I don't know what that one is. That's lovely. Like, some of them are really good. And then I really others... like licorice. I think it's a great flavour. I've got a lot of these ones. Yeah, awesome. No, really nice. I mean, that's the visual mm. for me, that bit. I've got a lot of these ones, thanks. Do you want the chocolate one? One was enough for a minute, thanks. We've got a podcast to record. I did a guest spot on another podcast. You did? With a gentleman called Dan, who is from Real, Real Life Ghost Stories. Yeah, so Dan and, and Emma present yeah. Real Life Ghost yeah. Stories. Yeah, so I get so confused by, like, because the amount of ghost podcasts that we listen to out there, there's a, there's a lot of names with ghosts in the podcast title that I have to remember. Do you know what I mean? So Emma and Dan present Real Life Ghost Stories. Yeah. And if you haven't checked them out, if you like a supernatural spooky stuff, go check it out because it's an awesome, awesome podcast. And for their patron subscribers, there's a, uh, like, a sister podcast, which is for patron people, uh, and that's 50p Movie Club. And Dan, who is the host of 50p Movie Club, uh, had Blake had me on, on to talk Dinner. about little movies. It, yeah, Stand By Me, I chose to talk about. Um, it's really cool. It's a really cool uh, little podcast. It's not very long, so it's like really good if you're like on a little bus commute or something like that. Mm. It's pretty awesome. Like 15, 20 minutes. Dan's a wicked, he's a lovely Blake. Um, it's a really fun podcast. And he, asks you some, he asks some really cool questions. And you can only get it on Patreon, but I highly suggest, even if you yeah. just subscribe for a month, go and check them out because they're pretty funny. Yeah. Like, and like I, I did a movie that has been done before, but Dan said he quite likes repetition because he gets different takes on different films. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think yeah. he said he's going to get you on at some point. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Not talking to people. Yeah. We sent you. We sent you 
to do it because you were the nicer one out of the two of us. I was like, yeah, you can have fun, boy. <laughs> He's lovely. <laughs> you won't have any trouble talking to him about movies. No, not at all. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. I really appreciated it, mate. Yeah. It was wicked. And if we ever work this out to where we get guests involved, you'll be first on the list. Oh, yeah, that's a good plan. Well, I don't know how this format how, like no. it changes over, but we could find a way. We've got John Fanboy sure. and guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we yeah. could just feed them licorice. Yeah, they could yeah. be the licorice judge. The licorice judge. We did that cool. on, when we did the hip hop radio show. We had uh, MC Vegas on from Freshly Squeezed and Gert Biggin, mm. and he we did a uh, pasty tasting. <laughs> it was very weird. For like people like Plymouth shop bought pasties or people have made like cornish pasties from different shops well jason lives in cornwall right so it was like a shop thing not like i would make a pasty and you would judge it yeah we just debated pasties on a hip-hop radio show it was really funny cool yeah Uh, well actually it's quite exciting because we have had a vegan there is now a vegan pasty available at uh rise oh yeah you're very happy about that yeah that was that was a banging pasty and it had the best bit of a pasty right is like the meaty juicy bit that comes out goes crispy on yeah. the uh, it's almost like a little bit marmitey but better it's good yeah so I, I was quite happy you get a vegan pasty with that element to it anyway enough basketball enough licorice enough pasties enough stuff Nonsense. that isn't <laughs> the film that we watched this week yeah What did we watch? I keep saying this week. It's not this week because we're not weekly. It's this episode. What did we watch this episode? Oh, uh, it's Good Will Hunting. Yes. Do you want to give me some information? Uh, no, you do the synopsis. Oh, we do that first, do we? Yeah. Okay. So I've got two synopsi, t- synopses, synopsis. Tooth bry. Tooth bry. I've got two synopsis for you. Synopses. Synops- Doesn't matter. Right. I've got two of them anyway this week for you. Do you want... The funny one first, or do you want the serious one first? Serious one first, please. Okay, so this is the one that actually explains the story very well. So Will Hunting is a boy genius who was severely abused as a child and has been in trouble with the law ever since. When Will finally agrees to get counselling to keep himself out of jail and with his girlfriend, he meets Sean, the therapist who will change his life. Good Will Hunting tells the poignant story of Will and Sean's coming to terms with the blows life has dealt them and with the questions that lie in the future. I thought that was quite a good roundup. That's pretty good, yeah. The funny one. Go on then. So is the funny one like a... Just so, like, is it a serious synopsis done by yeah. an official... Just let me read it, okay, and then cool. you'll you'll get the gag. Although it's a bit of an in-joke, so we'll have to explain that. Will Hunting, a genius in mathematics, solves all the difficult mathematical problems. <laughs> when he faces an emotional crisis, he takes help from psychiatrist Dr. Sean McGuire, who helps him recover. <laughs> all of the maths, right, all okay. All of the maths. Cool. So we went to a coffee shop once and uh, we were trying to decide what coffee we were going to have and the lady behind the counter went, we do all of the coffees. (laughs) And Mr. Literal here was like, what? All of the coffees in the whole world? And actually the list was like pretty shite because old Sheffy Pansy was like, we don't do this, do you? You haven't got that. I mean, obviously we didn't say this to the woman. This is the conversation that we had in the car afterwards. But 
anything now where anybody claims to do all of the things we just find hilariously piss, funny. Doing, yeah. it's normally a joke. So Gibble Hunting can do all of the math. He can solve all of the difficult mathematical problems. So scores on the doors. IMDb, 8.3%. Yeah, they loved it, didn't they? Uh, critic score for Run Tomatoes, 98%. Um, fan score, 94%. Fan reviews, I think I picked two because they're both... Please tell me I took a photo of it. May I ask a question here? Yeah. Have we had? Have we watched anything so far? I can't remember off the top of my head. Have we watched anything so far that has been that high a score, like at 98%? What was I Godfather? Feel like, I feel like there were a couple that were fairly near... Godfather must be up there. So we're talking like Godfather-esque levels of yeah. film. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. This one made me laugh because it was only half a star review and it was very short. And uh, I can see why some people might think this, but if they are in a bad mood. <laughs> Incredibly pretentious and unbelievable. Oh, okay. So, all right, mate, chill out. And then, but then the one above it, just lovely, just one of my all-time favourite films, absolutely iconic. So to level it out, I want to say something nice. Okay, that's cool. We always start with the same question. What stopped you from seeing this movie? I'm not a big Matt Damon fan. I'm not a big Robin Williams fan. I didn't even know Robin Williams was in it until he appeared on the screen. I don't really like Ben Affleck unless he's in Gone Girl. <laughs> um, but, but, but this is way before Gone Girl. So that's not a valid reason. No, no, it is. It like, is after Gone Girl. Well, I've I've never really cared that much. Okay, I have never really cared that much for Ben Affleck, unless it was Gone Girl. Of that, right, but okay. to be honest, with Gone Girl, you could have put anybody in Ben Affleck's position. It's more the people. That, it's more like Rosamund Pike and the people around him that carry him. Right, <laughs> fair enough. So all week, or since we've watched the movie, Blake's uh, been a little bit not so chippy, but you've been a bit cross, haven't you? A bit disgruntled with me no not cross and disgruntled what have you been then more concerned concerned why concerned because i don't know if you gave this movie a fair crack yeah what's your what is your what is your concern so it felt like well there are certain bits where you it, like why are we do should we not do this bit after we can do but i think it's quite good to okay well though in. it felt like you hardly paying attention because you're on your phone quite a bit and you were just staring at your legs quite a lot. Each leg had something different going on for about half an hour. You don't think your, I gave it a fair your, shot? Yeah, your attention and I think you might have missed bits okay. um, and stuff like that. Okay, well we'll see, I mean? won't we? What was your preconceived idea of this movie? I don't really know. I, I didn't really have a preconceived idea. Like the film, if you imagine it, like a big amorphous gelatinous blob just... Blah, 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 blah around in my head that's what it's like so no fully formed idea as to what the film was about right okay opening scene and setups please so the opening credits the opening scenes titles were really boring and And long it felt like it was like a tv movie opening credit kind of thing like a straight tv matt damon's character is will hunting he's stuck in a rut and we get the impression that this is how his life has been for some time and at the start of the film he's working as a caretaker at MIT and we know that he lives alone in a poor area of South Boston. While Will is working he solves a difficult graduate level maths problem that one of the award-winning professors Gerald Lembeau who is Stalin Skarsgård has left on a chalkboard uh, as a challenge to his students. He's hoping that someone might have solved it by the end of the semester 
and the mystery math solver gets everyone talking and Lambeau poses another problem which uh, is one that took him and his colleagues several years to prove. When he goes to work, Will is caught by Lambeau trying to solve the problem on the blackboard outside the classroom or the office. Lambeau thinks Will is defacing the board and chases after him and when he realised that he solved it correctly, Lambeau tries to track him down. What we learn about Matt Damon is, or sorry, Will Hunting, he can't mop properly. Oh, do you know, like, <laughs> this is one of my biggest gripes with movies is people fucking mopping. Yeah, they just like, like slap the, the It's water like around. nobody's ever worked. Uh, well, I think everyone's had a profession where they had to do something, right? And you and you spot it, the faults in a movie, right? Yeah. Fucking pisses me off people not mopping in movies properly. Nobody mops the floor like that. <clears throat> Do you know what? I sat there and I thought, Hate oh yeah, it. he can't mop. He can't mop. Look, somebody's going to slip on that. Oh, they'll have to get a boat. Honestly. Like, sail, have a little sail down oh, the oh. corridor. But then I thought, what if he's gone, he's gone like really deep? So actually, he's not going to care about a janitor job at MIT, is he? Will hunting. So what if he's purposefully mopping bad to add another dimension to the character? Yeah, maybe. But anyway, I mean, that mopping is, is criminal. You should be sacked for that alone. Yeah, criminal. Criminal is so... Like, it tells that you it's criminal. so criminal. Yeah, no, it's awful. Uh, yeah, it's one of my biggest things in movies. People not mopping and scrubbing and doing all sorts yeah, of stuff on floors properly. Yeah, things properly. Yeah, really annoys me. Lamb uh, Professor Lambeau's a bit... He's a bit wishy-washy, isn't he? Like, there's a bit where he kind of propositions a student and is like, oh, unless you want to have a drink with me tonight, which is gross, um, and actually signifies quite a real problem within higher education. Some things didn't add up. Now, that could be I'm willing to accept... That could be because I missed stuff or perhaps because I wasn't fully invested in the film and it's one that I really wasn't looking forward to watching. It could be that I wasn't paying attention. Like, I don't think they explained his background very well. It wasn't clear when you see, um, is it Chucky, Ben Affleck's character, going to drive mm -hmm. him, drive in to pick him up to go to work. That, I was a bit like, well, where's he going? Whose house is this? Who lives here? <laughs> Why do those little things matter? You're so funny about the details that you need. I know, I know. It's so odd. It's so odd. They, where they are for a scene is irrelevant. I know, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's the it kind of stuff... they're at? But it's the kind of stuff, it's like... For me, all the, I, I guess all the little bits have to hang together because, it, it, like, otherwise I'm lost. I, I just think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck look like rich kids. So actually, to, to believe that not, they... Though. They just look like rich kids. They okay. look like rich kids. Regardless of the fact of whether they're not, they look like white rich kids to me. Like, they look like the stereotypical Ivy League white rich kid that's really rich. Like, do they look like rich kids? <laughs> yeah, I think they right, do. Right, okay, cool. <laughs> Did I just, not make that just, clear it enough? It wasn't clear on them whether you thought they looked like rich kids? Yeah, casting a little bit for me... Uh, I didn't I didn't feel that they were believable because I think I think you can like people can be poor and can be down at hill but it didn't feel authentic I didn't kind of feel like actually if they had any knowledge of being poor or living that life I didn't feel like that was their experience does that explain it better yeah but I think you can struggle for money but you can struggle for money in, in different circumstances and different environments, and those different environments will mean that you've got a different experience. Yeah, but it's just really interesting that you take that, because obviously they're from Boston, they were break growing up, it took an effort to get this film made, 
So I feel all of that is in this film. Okay. I feel like it's also it's also. But is that stuff that you know because you've you you you've just picked that up from looking at and reading around the film? Maybe not for. I mean, I watched this. So this, I think it's came out in ninety seven, didn't it? I saw it in probably ninety eight, probably a year after it was out, and I felt like tonally it was what it set out or what I took from it then and there, and I okay. still feel the same now. Okay, well, maybe like, that's it's just me now. Then. It's just now that I know that that's their background and they were Bostonian okay. youngsters and stuff. That so might be. Know. That might just be me. Uh, then we'll carry on then. So okay. story arc and plot development, like middle, yeah, middle, middle section. We meet Will's friends and they go to a bar near Harvard University. And Chucky spots two women who he likes the look of and tries to impress them by pretending to be a Harvard student. One of the women's colleagues tries to humiliate Chucky by engaging him in chat about colonial America. Will steps in and shows this guy that he knows what he's talking about and does a very good job here. Credit where credit is due. I thought that that was a really cool scene. A fight is avoided. And what, Will... with Will? Yeah, right, when okay, he was yeah, actually yeah. going toe-to-toe with Matey about like all the history and the different historians' theories, I thought that was really good and really credible and really believable. And I felt like I was I was really wanting Will to just give it to him and shut that guy up because yeah. it was annoying. A fight is avoided and Will gets Skylar's number... Um, and Skyler was played by Minnie Driver. So a few days later, Will is out with his friends and they beat someone up who Will claims bullied him at kindergarten. It's a pretty weak scene, to be honest. The fighting is yeah. awful and Will hits a police officer who responded to the incident. He goes to court, tries to smart talk his way out of jail by showing off his law smarts and fails. So Lambo, I think, has attended the hearing and seeing the genius type potential in Will, he speaks to the judge. So Will is released and goes to meet Lambo, who offers him a choice. He can either go to jail or he can study with Lambo, but he must see a mental health professional to help him deal with whatever is called up his ass. Will chooses to study even though he doesn't think he needs therapy. Lambo approaches various psychologists. Five fail to connect with Will. And out of desperation, Lambo approaches an old friend who's Sean Maguire, who I believe played Tegs in Grinch Hill. Kidding. Uh, Robin Williams plays Sean McGuire. Uh, Sean is different to the other therapists that have seen Will because they share a similar background and he can give as good as he gets. So Will goes to the first meeting in McGuire's office and he's kind of been talking about the books and the various bits and pieces that has around his uh, very cluttered office. But it looked really cosy. It's the kind of office that I'd want to... Good therapist office. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I want to have like a yeah, cup of tea and yeah, just yeah. sort of have a look at all yeah. the stuff you've got in here. So it's cool. As he takes in McGuire's office, he offers uh, an assessment of a watercolour that Sean has painted and his assessment touches on Sean's suppressed feelings and guilt over the death of his wife. Sean becomes offended and hostile. He grabs Will by the throat. I think I've got that at the right point. Yeah. Um, threatening to scupper his chances for reform. Will ends the appointment, walks out, and Lambeau walks in believing that Will has ruined his appointment with yet another therapist, but Sean tells him to bring him back each week. And as they continue to meet, Will pushes the boundaries of the relationship, but he's particularly struck when Sean tells him how he gave up his ticket to see the Red Sox in the 1975 World Series in order to meet and spend time with a stranger in a bar who would later become his wife. Will is spurred to try and re- try to establish a relationship with Skylar and they go on a date. There is a moment where Will asks Sean if he regrets missing the game. If he, yeah, if he regrets missing that game to be with his wife and it is genuinely a really touching response that he gets from Maguire. And that for me, that scene was by far the high point of the movie. Like it was so good. I think I might have that as a reading for our wedding, but anyway. 
that's a whole other conversation. As Sean and Will's relationship grows, Will challenges Sean in the same way that Sean is challenging Will. Sean's own pathology is that he doesn't want to consider another romantic relationship after losing his wife to cancer. So yeah, I'm going to do the next bit as well. Uh, Lambo pushes Will so hard to excel that Will eventually refuses to go to the job interviews that Lambo's setting up for him. Lambo and Sean also squabble about Will's future. Sean believes that uh, Lambo's pushing Will too fast and also points out that Will's friends are the most dedicated and loyal people that he associates with. Will overhears this argument and it makes him trust and share more with Sean. So the next bit I've highlighted, so they, uh, I've got this from, I think it was IMDb. He has apparently realised from this event that the situation is a little more complex than Will versus the world. He now sees that these mentors are every bit as human, fallible and conflicted as he is. So I didn't get that at all from that scene or from... Like I did, I didn't, I didn't get that. So that that was quite an interesting, uh, okay. quite an interesting thing. So yeah, so this part of the film, this middle bit, to some extent, it's a bit frustrating because you just kind of see Will pushing against things in various ways. But the minute you get Robin Williams on board, there there seems to me like I found it very difficult to connect with Will because he just didn't seem to want to change or didn't really acknowledge what had happened in order for him to move forward. And actually just Robin Williams really just provided that, the humanity part of it. And you could see here was somebody that had been dealt like a really shitty hand with his wife dying and had some like really deep emotional trauma, but he still turned up to work. He was still doing stuff. He was working through things. And yes, he was scared and frightened about things, but he was turning up and he was trying to do the best that he could yeah and I, I just thought there were a couple of really nice scenes so there was the date the date scene with Skylar, Skylar was quite nice although I didn't really think they were that great a couple I and mean that was... is really important is what you think of them as a couple <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. I mean, no, I'm sure they're gutted about that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they are. I'm Absolutely sure many driver is crying into her cornflakes as we speak. Why she's eating cornflakes at 25 to 6 on a Wednesday evening, Because of what I don't you know. just said. Because of what I just said. It, it feels like there is quite a development here because you've got the introduction of Robin Williams. But it feels like Will's actual development, He it kind of feel, felt a little bit like he was slow on the uptake and slow to warm to people and to really... But that's because he puts up the defence. Apparently so. Skylar asks Will to move to California with her as she's starting medical school and Will panics. And when she expresses support about his past, he receives it as patronise... Patronisation? She thinks he's being patronising yeah. and throws the mother of all hissy fits and he storms out of the dormitory and starts to unravel. He belittles the work that he's doing for Lambo, even though Lambo envies Will. He begs Will to not throw it all away, but Will walks out on him anyway. He does attend some job interviews with little success. He gives a string of excuses as to why he doesn't want to be a codebreaker for the government, which is lame because codebreaking is the motherfucking coolest thing ever just ask Alan Turing. <laughs> and he even sends Chucky to one interview who wears white socks and behaves like a dick. Sean points out that Will anticipates future failure. So he either allows relationships to fizzle out or he doesn't try in order to avoid the emotional trauma. When Will then provides a whimsical reply to Sean's very serious query of what he wants to do with his life, Sean simply chucks him out of his office. When Will further tells his best friend Chucky that he wants to be a labourer for the rest of his life, 
Chucky becomes brutally honest with Will. He believes that it's an insult for him to waste his potential and that he wishes, his greatest wish, is that Will just wasn't there when he goes to pick him up in the morning for work. No sooner is that said, you know exactly what's gonna happen. But Chucky seems to finally get through to Will, possibly because they're so loyal and tight as a friendship group. Will goes to another therapy session where Sean shares that he was also a victim of child abuse. And that really is the first proper solid mention, not proper solid mention, but I think it's hinted at quite a lot throughout the film. This is confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the first time it's confirmed solidly. Yeah, because there's a lot of like, well, what's this guy's problem? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. what's wrong with him Lots and I think had you known that sooner I might have been a little bit more oh, okay I'll give this character the benefit of the doubt then right yeah but they don't want to blow their load too early well nobody wants that do you know what I mean ever so today. there you go so Will's defensive when Sean starts to tell him that it was not his fault and he eventually breaks down in tearful acknowledgement after much self-reflection Will decides to cease being a victim of his own demons he takes a job offer and everything looks pretty good even though he let Skylar slip by him. I mean, I didn't think they were that great together anyway. But when his friends buy him a car for his 21st, he decides to blow off the job and go to California and reunite with Skylar. So what exactly has he learned at this point? What, what exactly has he learned? He should do what's right for him. So Will leaves a brief note for Sean explaining what he's doing. The movie ends as Chucky poignantly discovers, as we all know, in fulfilment of his own wish, his most dearest wish, that Will has left for a better life. Will is then shown starting his life-affirming drive to California for a new beginning with Skylar and a leap into an unpredictable future. Cool, okay, so you've gone up to closing scenes. Yeah, I've kind of done it all. Okay, cool, right, okay, cool. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Um, Anything to add? Anything, have you missed anything? They always seem to put Matt Damon in the same trousers. The filthy ones covered in paint, right? No, no, but I mean, like, I'm fairly sure he wore some beige boring trousers as Jason Bourne. Oh, right. Okay, we're talking in films. Probably oh, did in Talent, Talent Mr. Mr. Ripley. Ripley. Yeah, maybe. It, it's a really weird one because this one, I think this film, I find it easier to talk about it as a whole rather than... Break it down. Break it down because I feel like it... it like some films, it's almost like a roller coaster where you go up and then you go down and then you go back up again. This one, it felt like it started really small and then just kind of ended... Like the ending was greater than the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. And it slowly kind of built momentum as it went yeah, through. Yeah. It's almost like when, you know, when you read that Harry Potter book, when Harry Potter was being a bit of a teenage dick. dick yeah. I felt like that. And I was like, obviously, there must be a good reason why he's behaving this way. Yeah. But I think to get that confirmation of that trauma at the end, I was kind of like, oh, right. Okay, well, that makes fucking sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense. But I just found it hard to be on Will's side going through, especially when you've got someone. Albeit, who's an older character, but when you've got someone like Sean Maguire, who's like, yeah, do you know what? Life does deal you a shitty hand, but you get up, don't tell me what you think, and, you know, you know nothing about my struggles and all the rest of it. but, like, isn't that a good thing? So what the film has done, it's given you... Maybe you're not supposed to like Will until the end, until we know everything about him. Like, it's going to be on purpose that, like, to that point, Will is a bit unlikable. You know, like, what? you know, he's kind of an anti-hero come the end of it but what actually did he learn at the end he didn't learn responsibility because he took that job and then he was just like oh fuck it i'll go get the girl yeah and that was the most important thing because that's the one thing that will always be in your life is someone you love because this film touches upon is like how important relationships are friendship yeah is fucking important honesty with your friends 
Yeah. Um, I think the way they handle grief in this is really good. Yeah. Like, I think like, it was dealt with really, really well. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's just about not liking Will and him being a bit of a dick. I think it's about him. Take, like, Sean was such an influence, it completely changed his outlook on what he should and shouldn't do. And it was good for the girl, even if they're a good couple or not. I don't know. I, I just think responsibility is tied up in that. And I feel actually the job the mega money paying job would be more ex- more more important but that might be just because i didn't really believe that he well, and skylar interesting were a real thing no they're not a real thing they're actors playing roles <laughs> Duh. yeah you know God, what i mean that, it was that convincing you know what i mean okay cool um anything else no i don't think so let's get into okay. the other questions because cool. i've um, yabbered on a lot did you have a favorite character sean mcguire yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? I'm not a Robin Williams fan at all in terms of the comedy stuff. I, I, I've I, never really found it. It's never really been my cup of tea for reasons which we had a discussion about discussion yesterday, about yesterday yeah. didn't we? But this was the first... Was it the first serious role? Yeah, I think it's the, t- the first serious role that I've seen Robin Williams in. And I just... I think knowing what we know now about his death, I find particularly the comedy just really hard to engage with because I I feel sad that somebody is struggling so much and dealing with so much. And I don't know, it kind of almost feels a little bit hollow. Do you know what I mean? It was so tragic. Yeah. So I think to actually see him in a role where he's talking about grief and feelings and emotions and how difficult things are and how, how he's kind of come through them just really struck a nerve for me and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was. There's a there's a scene in the film that uh was completely unscripted as well. And they That's not the him. park bench, is it? No, it was the um so the bit where he's talking about his wife farting and when they're laughing oh. so much. Like he made that up on the spot and they left it in because it was so good. Oh. Like that's how good he was like at comedy. Even in that moment he was genuinely making people laugh. In like in a really emotional scene, it was so good. yeah, it was, yeah. They left yeah. that in. Um, no, I I agree. I think Sean is the is the best character in the film. Like, and I think. He, he's he saved it for me. If that had been somebody else, I like Stellan Skarsgård. I haven't seen a huge amount of Matt Damon films, but there are some that I like. Yeah. Ben Affleck, I could take or leave. So had Robin Williams not been in that movie, because Stellan Skarsgård is a really great actor. Yeah, he was, but he's he was not, met wishy-washy he was, in this, yeah, he was, he? yeah, he was. Just it wasn't anything to write home but about. yeah, you know. He, Chernobyl. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, had Robin Williams not been in this, I would have had a very different opinion. Was he in Chernobyl? Yeah, it was. was. Jared Harris, wasn't it? Jared was Harris it? was in it and Stellan Skarsgård. Oh my God, you've got me doubting that now. I'm fairly sure he came in. He was the, like the big guy. I just remember him wandering around a... Um, well, I don't remember him, him in it. Daddy Skarsgård. Yes, he is in Chernobyl. Okay, cool. Boris Shabina. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, so did you have a worst character? I found Friends a bit annoying. Oh, Casey and Ben Affleck's fucking arguing got on my tits um i mean if that would be me i'd just kicked him out of the car and just told him to shut up and is, is it written in somewhere that casey and ben affleck have to appear in similar films or the same film or like a film because they do well, appear really... a lot don't they which just makes me think like it's nepotism because actually I... the only great thing that i've seen in casey affleck in and it was like 20 minutes that i walked in on was it manchester by the sea yeah with Michelle that film is tragic. Williams yeah, yeah. about the kids. But have you seen Gone Baby Gone? No. Or Gone Baby? You're not thinking of Gone Girl? No. Oh, fuck. Is it called Gone Baby Gone? You're not thinking of Baby Driver? 
No. Oh, I've got that song in my head. Yeah, no, now. it's called Bang, Gone Baby Gone. Made, directed by Ben Affleck, staring Casey. <laughs> Casey Affleck, what yeah. a surprise. Do you think that? Like, no, but that's okay. There's no, you know, they, it's no they, different they, to Daisy Cooper and Charlie Mae Cooper casting off their family yeah, in this country. It's, but. Um, and it's just like people from Boston support Bostonians. Like, it's a yeah. bit of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Um, did you have a favourite scene? There were a couple. I really liked um, the park bench scene. At the end? Uh, no, when they say... Oh, it's not at the end, yeah. It's the, the watercolour debacle, and then they go to a park, and Robin Williams sort of just basically says, don't presume to know shit about me, kind of thing, in more words, and more eloquently put. Yeah. There was a really lovely scene, which kind of evoked, like, it was almost like a, like a really hipstery sense of nostalgia where they were driving in the car and the sun was kind of filtering through the buildings and everybody looked quite peaceful and warm and happy in the car that was quite a nice uh little shot and i got the date was quite fun it did look like they had okay, fun on cool. the date so yeah okay yeah no that's fair enough i because you picked all the best scenes i'll pick i i like the uh do you like it when Chucky goes to the interview for him. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like yeah. just in that seat with the white sock. I thought it was so funny. I couldn't, I'm so, I must be so shallow, but well, I just couldn't get past the white socks. I was oh, like, yeah. why? No, it's, I'm assuming why? It's, yeah, it's horrible. Did you have a least favourite scene? I didn't really like when they were arguing, when Skyler and he were arguing, because it felt like it could have gone quite physical quite easily. Right, okay. And I, I thought that was quite interesting, whether people that love you and that you love them you know, you know how to push people's buttons, buttons, but it still felt, I was a bit sort of like, oh, that's just something about that just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. I didn't like the fight scene. I thought it was terribly oh, it was and awful. aged awful. So that's... It's like, hey, you bullied me when we went to kindergarten. Oh, score and soundtrack. Right. The only things that I remember from this are... Al Green. Al Green and Danny Warhols. The only songs that I recognised... I don't recognise, I don't even remember them. What yeah. Al Green song was it? I can't remember, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's off my head, I can't Terrible. remember. I just Terrible. remember it being in there, in the, the only ones I recognise. Um, I find the soundtrack was fairly non-special. Yeah, I don't really remember Do you know it. I mean? cool. And then, right, so, and then we've got a uh, director and his other work. So it's directed by Gus Van Sant, who I don't know a huge amount about, actually. I've not seen much of his work. I've only seen two of his films. What's he done? Uh, so he did My Own Private Idaho. Starring, oh, yeah, Keanu um, Reeves and River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yeah. But I hadn't seen that since I was very, very young, so I don't actually remember I've it. I've never seen it. And Milk, about Harvey Milk, um, who's a gay politician in America, played by... Um, oh, my God. Why is it when I'm on the spot, things escape me? In Friends, he went out with Ursula and Phoebe. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christ, yeah, yeah. What I do know him for is, uh, remember him doing, he's done a bunch of music videos for different people, most notably David Bowie, very uh, was in El Elton John. Okay. Um, over the years. So, yeah, that's what he's kind of done. I out. have, I'm yeah, I'm sure he's heard... really good and noted, like, he's more stuff that I probably should and I have heard his about. name, but I thought he was a little bit more sort of... Avant-garde. Yeah, like yeah. a little bit like a Lars von Trier kind of yeah. thing. But maybe that's just because they've both got three bits to their names. Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> have you got a fact? I have got a fact. I haven't got a fact about the film, but I have got a really cool fact about Matt Damon. Oh, that would do. So, he met his wife in a bar. Oh, you told me this yesterday. I told you yesterday. Oh, yeah, I knew this. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool. I know this fact, yeah. So, yeah, his wife was a, a single mum who's a bartender when he met her in Miami. 
and uh, he went over to talk to her because apparently it was love at first sight for him. They've been married like ages now, which is nice. And apparently like people started to kind of notice he was at the bar and all the rest of it. It was just sort of, uh, I think he was sort of pretty famous at the time. And she said, you know, you can't just stand here and chat to me for free. Uh, you you want to stand here, you are going to work. So, he, yeah, she put him to work behind the bar and apparently he earned her a shed load in tips. And yeah. I just think, what a legend. Pretty cool, isn't it? I would have married her if somebody pretty, had done that to me. Pretty cool story. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. I didn't know that. Did you fall asleep? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. But it was daytime. It was like yeah. 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was, isn't it? Are your prejudgments correct? Uh, no, because I didn't have any prejudgments okay, at all. Cool. Final thoughts, please. Robin Williams was incredible. I can see why people like it. Not really my cup of tea. I think in terms of a film that kind of deals with similar sort of subject matter, A Beautiful Mind is a much better watch for me. I okay. really enjoyed that one a lot more. I just preferred A Beautiful Mind. I'll leave it there. Okay, uh, but cool. Robin Williams was fantastic. I really like this film still. I think it's great. New question that I'm going to <laughs> oh, introduce okay. every week. Yeah. Rewatchability. No. Okay, cool. All right, but it's, it's a two, <laughs> Is that it's, what it's about? It's two, no, no. It's a two, it's a, so, like, a really good example of some rewatchable films. I think there's different, I think there's different examples. There's do we film... have to go through and do all the ones that we've done? No. Oh, we should. Yeah, we, we should. We could maybe do that as a special guest okay. episode. Okay. I think there's two things about rewatchability. So if it's on telly and then you're like, oh yeah, but it's already started, are you into the end? No. And then would you rewatch it again? No. Both counts, I don't, I don't think I would. Okay, cool. I would be putting on Ghostbusters over, I'd be okay. going to, if it was on telly. I mean, I'd, no, I'd put Ghostbusters on over there, so it's fine. No problem with that. Score out of 10, please. What did I give five for? What was the one that we watched last? Person. The Thing. The Thing. I'm going to give this a... You gave The Thing more than five, didn't you? No, I think I went in the middle. Okay. I think... I'm going to go for a four, I think. Okay. That is low. It is. And I thought about going for a five and then adding one on for Robin Williams. But I... No, I, I thought he was incredible in it. But no, I, th I still think it's four, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately. Very good. <laughs> Yeah. That was terrible. You enjoyed it. Um, anything else? Nope. Okay. Anything else? Was that better or worse than you thought? It was better than I thought. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, I'm not looking forward to recording this. It's going to be rubbish. But you were just looking at your legs all the time, not paying attention. <laughs> well, I like this film. I think I always will. Um, I think it's really good. I think it was really good then. I think it's really good now. I, I like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck and Robin Williams I think they've all made yeah. some wonderful wonderful films over the years that they've been involved with Yeah. and I think this is quite a, a cool story as well I think it was a really good story I like the story that it took a real effort to get it made um, app yeah, apparently kind of cool. as well what they did when they when they were shopping the script they put a sex scene in between I think it was between Chucky and Sean on page 60 of the script to see who'd, what studios had read all the script all the way through only one studio did oh, not wow. mention it in the script notes and that was whoever made it I think it was unfortunately I think it was Weinstein Weinstein's uh. company I think he was the one and they said we just put it in there just to see who'd read it from start to finish because again I think a lot of studios didn't want Ben and Matt in it same sort of Rocky didn't want Mm. Um, Stallone in it and stuff like that I think it was a real effort to get this film made 
I think it's I think it's great that that it was made in the face of such adversity. I think it's, I think it adds to a film, not the film itself, but like the. Lore I feel sad. I feel sad that I didn't know that before. I might have felt a bit different. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Cool. What are we watching next? Goodfellas. Oh. Let's go. No country for old men. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Happy about um is in that. Is Tommy Lee Jones in it as well. Yeah. Okay. Coen Brothers, because. Okay, and I can't like oh this it's quite nice because there's stuff I want to say but I can't because it will change how you might view the film. Okay, I don't. But, it's another one that I know nothing about. Um, apart but I from, think I think is it something to do with drugs? Doesn't matter. The reason it's on there is because it's really good, but also this is this something really. I think throughout the film there's something in it that is. I want to see if you pick up on it. Okay, challenge accepted. That's it for this week. So if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, please consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Share us about and help us in our bid for world domination and we will remember you when our evil plans come into fruition. If you have a hilarious or embarrassing movie-related story, tell us. Drop us an email at moviegrouchfanboypod at outlook.com and you can be part of the crew by following us on Instagram. We are at moviegrouch and fanboypod and that is all words. And on Facebook... <laughs> what are you laughing? It's all words as opposed to all numbers. Well, yeah, because on Facebook we're moviegrouch ampersand fanboy. So moviegrouch and fanboy with an ampersand on Facebook. Okay. Whereas Instagram is all in words. Okay. I don't really know how else I can say that, no, um, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, so that's it. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little foray into Goodwill Hunting, and we hope you're safe and well. And yeah, hope life is not getting you down. Awesome. You got anything else you want to say? Any no, motivational, that's it. aspirational things? No, no, I don't really do going for that kind of thing. You don't need to tell me that. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Do you, do you want another bit of licorice? Always, always down to Thank you very much anyway. It's been Thank fun. Thank you. Yeah. Have a bit of licorice. Okay. Bye. Bye. Do you want to get into uh so far we've just dragged this out and talking about sweets and basketball. It's quite good uh on outtakes. And newsflash, here's a little bit of uh, information. If you think you don't need therapy, you definitely do need it. It's generally those people that need it the most. <laughs> That's what I found anyway. Ooh, check me out. Put it in the show notes. I'm like a real podcaster. 